This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. Hey, ladies and gents, thank you so much for listening to Scratch Your Own Itch. I really appreciate it. I know you've been listening to so many other things. You can be watching Netflix. You can be watching Hulu. You can be watching Amazon Prime. And said, you're listening to this, and that means the world to me. Uh, I am super, super excited for you because I have, I have an incredible guest on today. Like, ah. Uh, Oh my God, uh, she's an amazing podcast. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. She's been an actress on Broadway. Her name is the one and only Alana Levine. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's been on Broadway, film and TV. So just take that in, take that in. Um, she's also recently become one of the best hosts that I've ever listened to that interviews famous actors and actresses and Broadway stars and, 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 and even people that aren't maybe stars or famous, but they're just incredible team players and amazing um, behind-the-scenes kind of people. So I would love for you to meet the one and only Alana Levine. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah. Oh my God. So, all right, let's just, uh, let's kind of jump into it. Um, do you have a little, uh, story that, that, that maybe be related to your podcast and how it got started that may have like an underlying sort of, uh, blessing in disguise? <laughs> you like everything in life does probably. Um, right? yes. So I, as you just shared with your listeners, um, I have been an actress for a very, very long time and along the way have been privileged enough to be a part of some really incredible projects. And the other thing that happened along the way is I collected uh, people who I like to call part of my chosen family. That being an adult means you can choose who you spend time with uh, in your life. And many of the actors, directors, all sorts of people that I met along the way became friends after the job. So the reason I say that is two years ago, out of the blue, a friend came to me and said, you know, would you be interested in being the host of a podcast? And the coincidence of him asking that question on the day and the moment that he asked me that is that the day before I said to my husband, I'm going to say yes to anything that comes my way 
that doesn't put our family in, in physical or financial jeopardy in any way. But I wanted to just be more open to being a part of creative projects that may be different from the kinds of things I had been doing for the last 25 years. Literally, I have been an actress. Um, I started in college and then I had kids and I've been doing it nonstop. And I thought, I bet there are other ways to tell stories. And I just want to be open to see what they are. So the coincidence of this or when you say like, what's the underlying message is, well, say yes. And even though I didn't invent that term or that concept or that philosophy, that is literally what happened. So when my friend said, would you want to host a podcast? I just started this podcast company and I think you'd be great at it. My instinct was to say no, because other than listening to podcasts, I knew nothing about hosting one. But I decided very quickly to change the narrative and just say yes. And then once I said yes, I had to figure out, well, what do I want this podcast to be? And, you know, with writers, they often say when you're starting out, write what you know. And so I sort of used the same concept, which was, who do I know? Who do I know that would be interesting to complete strangers to listen to? And the wonderful thing about having had this very long career is I know a lot of people who have been working long enough that they have established themselves and have become incredibly popular. So right after I said, yes, I'll try it, um, I bumped into an old friend of mine, and his name is John Slattery, and he starred on a TV show called Mad Men. And he was my first guest. And I didn't really know exactly what the show was going to be, but I had someone coming in just because they were a friend of mine and willing to spend an hour with me. Um, he probably thought of it as charity at the time. But he came in and we ended up having a really extraordinary conversation that lasted two hours and became two episodes when I launched my podcast. And I realized very quickly, and this is a long answer, so feel to jump, free to jump in at any time, but I realized that my skill set, which I had honed and crafted and done my 10,000 hours of, in terms of how I approached building a character for the stage or film or television was by researching very, very deeply, asking tons of questions of myself about what and how am I like this character? How am I different than this character? If I was playing a real person, I would reach them, very much research them as if I was a journalist, kind of trying to find out everything about them. And so oddly, all the ways in which I had learned to work as an actor, which is to do tremendous deep dives and research into the characters I was playing. And then when, once I was doing the job was to listen really deeply to the person I was acting with. And both those skill sets ended up being exactly what I needed to be a podcast host. And so although I haven't stopped acting at the same time, this whole new world of conversations and connections and relationships and learning about people, how we are different, how we are the same, what we yearn for, how we handle defeat, how we handle joy, all of those questions that I had uh, get answered in different ways week after week. And now I'm up to 125 episodes and, you know, I've had Julianne Moore and Allison Janney and Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker and Octavia Spencer and, and a whole host of really, really famous actors and 
the writer who created Homeland, you know, artists who are working at a very, very deep, successful level. And every one of them has a story and every one of them had to face tremendous adversity and mostly knows. We only know of them now that it's been a lot of yeses, but they had to hang in there through a lot of no's. And Edie Falco came on my show. She starred on The Sopranos for many years, along with other things. And, you know, she just said, I loved acting so much. I never expected to get paid to do it. I thought I would continue to have day jobs. And then when I had the privilege of getting to act, I would do that. But the idea that I would get paid to act never even occurred to her. But that's how deep her passion was for it. It didn't matter if she got paid or not. She would do everything she could to make sure that there was room in her life to make space for that passion. And I guess the takeaway for me from that conversation and, and all of the conversations have different takeaways is that if it's what you really love, you'll find a way to do it. And maybe you'll have to make money doing something else to support the passion, or maybe the passion will become the thing that you make money doing, but it has to be such a pure love for the thing um, in order for it to happen with integrity. Oh my God, I love how it all ties in together. I know I found the same skills to be transferable like you uh, as I became a podcast host because I studied acting in college, and it's, it's amazing that uh, the listening is such a key portion. I, I sometimes say on the show that I don't think I have a talk show. I really do have a listen show. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. And I, I kind of want to ask you, um, I think everyone wants fame. Like, everyone should, like, people even that are in marketing, obviously, they want to get their clients fame. Right? Mm-hmm. What do you think is, what do you think makes someone so desirable on stage or on screen that gives them this fame that sometimes once they get it, they don't want it anymore? Well, I don't know. That's a really good question and trying to kind of find the, um, what's the alchemy, right? Like what are the various ingredients of, of the fame pie that have to be in there for someone to achieve it? I think that I think the real thing is when the opportunity happens, are you ready for it? So if you're seeking fame for fame's sake, I doubt you're kind of developing your skill set in in whatever world you're looking to kind of accomplish that level of success. I think if you're if 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 the goal is fame, then you may have skipped all the steps necessary. Uh, that will allow you to achieve that once the opportunity comes your way. And so many of the opportunities that come people's way are just luck. And so you can't plan for the lucky break. You can only plan to be ready for it when it happens. And obviously, you know, not giving up before it happens, right? Um, But I guess I'm not sure that it's the fame that people don't want because I'm not exactly sure how to define fame exactly. And it probably means different things depending on what career you're in. I think it's the loss of privacy um, and the loss of the ability to do very normal things in your daily life without feeling like you're under a microscope. And I think that kind of attention um, 
which for some people is just part of the job and they knew it was going to happen and they accepted and they, and they put it on like a really cozy sweater and go, you know what, this is, I can't have one without the other. And then there are people who just didn't realize the toll it would take on them or their personal lives or the people in their lives. And that's the part they don't like. Because the thing with fame, I would imagine, whether you're looking to, you know, you use marketing as an example, but no matter what career the person is in from, you know, whether you're an author or an actor or a fashion designer, once you have a certain level of success, i.e. fame, you have so many choices. And I think what we all want in life is choices. If you're an actor, you want to be in the position where you can choose which project you want to do. Of all the scripts, you get to choose rather than having to do whatever comes to you. And I would imagine in any career, a certain level of success or fame, as you call it, means choices. And that's a pretty incredible thing. Most of us don't go through our day having a million choices about how to pay the rent. Um, So I imagine when I think about it, when you get really famous, everyone has an opinion about you and they forget that you're still a person with feelings. So whether it's what you look like and people focusing on your weight or saying really mean things about your face or showing up close pictures in People Magazine of your knees, like... (laughs) like wrinkles on your knees. Look at their legs. They look like, I mean, it's crazy all of the ways in which there's suddenly this um, magnifying glass on every part of you because people want to poke holes in it. They don't want you to think, like, why are you special? So they put you in that position. They build you up. They put you on a pedestal. And then all they want to do is push you off it. It's a weird cycle. So I guess that's the part that I don't want. Yeah, yeah, I so agree with that. Uh, it's it's so it's it's really weird. It's like um, you know, the uh, the paradox of happiness is when, once you finally get that physique or once you finally gain the stardom that you always wanted. It's like, oh, do I really want this anymore? Um, but I want to go into sort of like quicker type of answers for the next few and or I guess like you know, five or six questions, okay. if that's okay with you, okay? Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you wish you knew before you started becoming a stage actress? Um, I guess uh, to live in the moment that each opportunity to sort of really appreciate it fully without worrying about what comes next. I love it. I love it. What about one thing you wish you knew before you started doing TV? That it goes really fast and that you have no control over the final product, that it is really the editor and the director's medium. So as opposed to on stage with Whatever you do that night, that's the performance it lives. There may be something you wished had gone better or you can't wait to do it again the next night and sort of, you know, change things a little bit, but it's completely your own. And that when you're on television or in film, you might think like the second take really felt like the most truthful and what you wanted to do. And then you watch the movie and 
that's not the take they used. And they might use one that you feel like, oh, that was so not what I loved. Um, and that there's just nothing you can do about it. Or that your work isn't even going to be in the movie or, or TV show for whatever reason. Um, so that's painful that you don't have control of what actually gets on television or screen. You only have control of the work that you do on the day, but then you have to let it go. That's oh, it's ugly. I hate hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so much work and then killing your demons like that and killing your darlings. I mean, oh, 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 it hurts me. Um, because I know it so well. I know the the memorization process and studying the character and it just I, I don't think it's ever for nothing but you know you wish it was for something bigger uh, but I do want to ask you because I I think this is a really um, important question especially for artists mm -hmm. uh, what's a little thing that you do for yourself when you feel like things are just going wrong you're trying this thing out on stage or maybe uh, you're trying this thing in rehearsal and it's just not working and then you're you're actually identifying yourself with with your character so much like do you have a little trick to just calm yourself like what's the one thing that you do to calm yourself well I would say the biggest thing in my life that that has really served me in all sorts of situations and I feel very lucky to have been born with this I don't know that I developed it I think it just was part of my DNA is a sense of humor I feel really lucky that I have a really fast, quick um, sense of humor that seems to kick in when I need it most, which is just not to take myself so seriously. There are things that are very serious in the world, and I put those, I, I put attention on those in a very different way, but there's very little that can happen on stage or on in most, not even just in work, but in life that um, really are as serious as you think they are. And so sort of figuring out and being able to discern when this is like game changing and really deeply, deeply concerning and when it's not. But the other thing is, is music. Like music is such um, a healer for me. And, you know, we all have like our go-to songs or things that just make us feel better. But I would say that music is also like a great um, healer and sad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And sad. Did you say? I'm sorry? Did you say, and, and what else? Like a salve, like a healing, like if you think of aloe for burn, you know, like things that we. Yeah. So it sort of has, I find that like. You know, you can, can like, like music, songs are like mood changers, you know, you can really choose, like you can be your own DJ and figure out how to, but then there's the obvious, there's yoga and there's meditation and, and then there's just not being afraid to ask for help. I feel like if I am feeling like I'm in a space that's hard to get out of, not that I'm asking someone else to fix it for me, but it's also okay to phone a friend. Right. Like it's also OK to reach out. And we all walk around with like these game faces on. And, you know, I'm a parent. I mean, talk about having to have a game face. The world is very complicated and, and you need to be someone that, you know, these little faces look up to for guidance. And, you know, there are times 
forget just as a career, just as a grown-up person who is responsible for these other people. Um, and it and it really is about figuring out how to make them feel safe, even though you may not have the answer. And that's kind of a balancing act all the time for me in all sorts of situations. But it's been a great um, been a great learning experience, the parenting thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's a that's a craft in itself. Yeah, I think uh, I think the this question is important because it really tells a person who they are and, and who they want to be in the world. What's one of your favorite books, and um, and who's the author? So there was so it's a series of books. Um, they're by Elena Ferrante and. Uh, the first one of the series of four is called My Brilliant Friend. And the thing that's really great about it for your listeners, I spent, you know, a year reading all four of them. HBO just made a limited series of the first book. And it is, um, you know, whether you pirate the way you watch content or if you have HBO or you can get someone else's HBO Go password, uh, it is one of the most extraordinary collections of literary genius. And Elena Ferrante is an Italian writer. And what's fascinating is her name is Elena. We are assuming she's a woman, but her identity is completely secret. Um, and talk about someone not wanting fame to go back, you know, to circle back to our earlier. And she's written this masterpiece of four books and they have been, translated into every language in the world and um, I highly recommend them. It's really a story of two kids who meet each other in uh, poverty-stricken Napoli in the 50s in Italy and it takes them all the way through till, till one of them dies in, in, in old age and it's just an incredible feat as a writer and it's a really incredible reading experience. Nice, 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 nice. Definitely check it out. You sound very passionate about it. <laughs> the way you can talk about it, I love it. Hear it in your voice. Um, so for the next few questions, definitely just uh, super, super quick answers. Okay. Um, the um, thing that you're about to answer is something that, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, What's one of your biggest fears? Well, it's because I've had it so many times, but Lyme, Lyme disease. <laughs> I don't want to get it again. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know that story. Um, please, if you listen to her podcast, you'll hear all about um, Alana's battle with Lyme disease and struggling through it. And, oh, God, uh, that was um, also another blessing in disguise, I think, for you. Just it gives you uh, really uh, a place to feel like, you know, what you're fighting against and what you're fighting for. Uh, the next question I really love to ask is, where can people find more of you? Um, you mean if they're not in my house with me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on over. So the podcast is called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine, and you can find it on any podcast platform. And there's a website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. Excuse me. I just sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. Littleknownfactspodcast.com. And that has all the episodes and more information about me. And then a gallery page with tons of behind the scenes photos of me and my guests. And then on YouTube, 
some really lovely intern slash friend of mine just started putting a lot of my interviews onto YouTube. So Little Known Facts with Alana Levine is now the visual component is on uh, YouTube. I love it. It's such a good show. I can't wait for people Thank to check it out. Much. I really appreciate it. And if you're a Twitter person, it's just at Ilana Levine. Awesome. I'll put that on the show notes. Super simple, quick of a finger to find you. Yeah. Um, I will definitely be checking that out, though, uh, the Twitter, because I haven't seen your Twitter yet, and I want to see what kind of quotes you put. That'd be cool. Great. Um, the last question is, uh, I think it's really one of my biggest fears for this podcast is for people to listen to it and sort of have like a self-help anonymously where it feels like they're doing good for themselves while they listen to it, but nothing actually comes out of it. So I'd love for you to give anyone that's listening like a piece of homework or like maybe a self-inquisitive question, something that you think would help them right now. Well, this is something I have kind of done on and off over the years. And uh, it came from a book called The Artist's Way. And basically what the author of that book asks you to do uh, as an exercise to just start every morning feeling open and creative is to just do three pages in a notebook of stream of consciousness writing. I mean, it could be complete nonsense. It could be your dream. It's just writing without thinking about it. And then after you write those three pages, this is before you have your coffee or talk to anyone or, you know, check your Instagram, just to get your brain and creative spirit going. You're not to go back and read what you wrote. You just keep going. Um, when you finish that notebook, you go on to the next. But I highly recommend The Artist's Way and just writing. They're called morning pages because they are your morning pages. And it's a really small thing. It's completely free. You have a piece of paper and a pen, and that's all you need to do it. And no matter what happens that day, you've already accomplished something. You've already done something that is just for you. Um, and it is a really great discipline. And I have gone through, you know, years where I do it all the time, and then a couple of years will go by where I don't do it. But every time I get back to that, it really starts my day it's kind of amazing. I don't even, I can't even kind of point my finger on exactly what the science of this is, but it's, um, it is a really wonderful way to start a day. And this is true for artists or people in business. It doesn't matter what your focal point is. Um, everyone needs to feel like a creative person and it just connects you to yourself in a very powerful way. And I recommend you guys try it. And then if you do it, um, send me a tweet. I want to know how it went for you and if you felt any kind of shift. I'd be really curious to know if it worked for you too. I used to do it. I loved it. I did think it was a little too much. I think three pages is a lot to fill up. Three pages? Well, yeah, I just, what? I just had my kids start doing it and I was like, I didn't tell you what size the notebook has to be. You know, <laughs> like you could use you can use a big kind of standard, you know, those mead three ring, you know, subject uh, notebooks that we use in school. But it can be a much smaller, you know, those moleskin journals, they come in all different sizes. So if it feels like it's too much, I was saying to them, like, we make our own rules. No one told you how big the pages had to be. So you you can decide that for yourself. Yeah. 
Oh, that's uh, Julie, Julie Cameron, though. She says three pages. I know, but she doesn't <laughs> say which notebook. That's true. That's true. But then that's kind of, that's a little bit cheating. Anyways. Um, uh, but that's like a perfect example. Like, we get that, like, minor judgment about, like, cheating. It's just a present for you. And... It's just for you. Like, there really are no rules in the end. That's the fun about being an adult. Like, we're not in the artist's way school where we have to hand it in to her. It's just for us. And I feel like that's one of the best parts of being an adult is that you no longer have to show your pages to somebody else. It really is just for you. And if you feel like it's cheating and you want to do three full pages in, you know, traditional notebook line you know, notebooks, that's fine. But it really is just like, it's a present for you. And so any like negative language just makes it not a present anymore. So, you know, I think how we think about those things is really important. Like no judgment. Do one page. Doesn't matter really. What matters is that you're giving yourself time every day that's like just for you. Whatever, whatever that ends up looking like. Oh my god, I, I couldn't I couldn't end it a better way than that. Um So happy to talk to you. It's been such a joy. Thank you for this time. Yeah, agreed. Uh, thank you so much, Alana. I I really like that takeaway message is is all this is just for you. Like even when someone gives you something to be able to mend it to yourself and not compare yourself because you're not doing exactly the way Julie Cameron does it or exactly yeah. the way Alana does, uh, Alana does it, or not doing exactly the way I do it, or whatever. It's it's about doing it just for you, and, and that you're so right on the adult thing. It's, it's amazing being an adult and allowing ourselves to make up our own rules again, and yeah. uh, be okay with that. Yeah. Um, okay. And if you're Gosh, not I... yet 18, like, make up rules, you know, within your own life on your time. Obviously, you have responsibilities in school and jobs and all that stuff. But we're talking about this stuff that's just for you. Um, it really gets to be your choice, how you want to do it. And, uh, Logan, I'm so excited to have met you. And, and thank you for reaching out to me. It's such an honor. Yeah, likewise. I know that this will not be the last time we're talking, so okay. thank you. All right. I'm going to go pick up my son from school, and I look forward to our talking in the future. Awesome. Sounds great. All Keep right. in touch. See Bye. You. Bye. Wow, you made it to the very end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with your host, Logan Tyler Nelson. To make it to the end? Gosh, that doesn't happen very much nowadays. I mean, especially with the constant distraction. So, I appreciate all of the efforts that you just took out of your day to make it to the end. And if you hit that subscribe button and leave a review, you would have no idea what that would mean to me. So thank you so much for taking the time to hit that subscribe button 
And if you leave a review, check it out. Just screenshot it, send it to me, and I'd love to host your review out on the show. But don't ever forget, like I say, you matter and you're enough. The main reason for how all this happened Love for all my fans, love for all the shows Got love for all my memories, no matter where I go Even if I'm out to nothing, I know there's always something It's not a fitness test, but it'll always